Welcome back to The Deep End. I'm your host, Brianna Watson. In today's episode, I am going to talk about our experience with gentle parenting and how it has changed our lives. But first, I need to just go ahead and say this. Gentle parenting Fs me up in more ways than one. I have a love-hate relationship with this style of parenting because it gets into your psyche so deep and it forces you to do some deep internal soul searching. It also forces you to reparent yourself, which is hard enough in itself. And I'm going to get into that in this episode. But as challenging as this style of parenting has been for us, I do believe it's the only way to go, at least for me and my kids. Over the past two years, we have researched and practiced gentle parenting with our son, and man, is it hard. The reason I gravitated and resorted to gentle parenting is because, one, timeouts and punishments were not working, they seemed to do more harm than good, and two... I want my kids to grow up with emotional intelligence and to know that all of their emotions are okay to have. I want them to know how to process their emotions and regulate their emotions in a very healthy way. So in this episode, I'm going to get into what exactly gentle parenting is, why it's such a popular parenting style these days. I'm going to touch quickly on the science and the research behind it. I'll share the personal struggles we've had with it. And most importantly, I'm going to talk about how it has worked wonders for us and our son. I will also share many examples of our gentle parenting strategies throughout this episode. So what the F is gentle parenting and why does everyone seem to be talking about it these days? According to verywellfamily.com, gentle parenting is defined as the following. An evidence-based approach to raising happy, confident children. This parenting style is composed of four main elements, empathy, respect, understanding, and boundaries. Gentle parenting focuses on fostering the qualities you want in your child by being compassionate and enforcing consistent boundaries, which is a key word here. Unlike some more lenient parenting methods, gentle parenting also encourages discipline, but in an age-appropriate way. So to put it more simply, because it goes on, to put it more simply, it's a way of parenting where we promote willingness and choices and acceptance and emotion regulation through positivity and patience as opposed to getting what we want them to do through things like demands and punishments and strict rules and fear. Gentle parenting allows the child to lead in most situations, while the parent creates the boundaries that should not be crossed. And the parent remains cool, calm, and collected when they are crossed. And this is a lot easier said than done, and I'm going to get into all that. I will give you some of our real-life examples in a bit, but I did want to take a moment to briefly review the science behind this parenting style. When you begin to look into gentle styles of parenting, you're going to hear a lot about the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that's responsible for reasoning, problem solving, comprehension, impulse control, creativity, and perseverance. And the most important thing to know and understand here is that the prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed for any of us until we are 25 years old. So, 
Take your struggling toddler, your struggling child, and imagine their little brains. The part that is responsible for regulating their emotions and impulses is basically non-existent. Like it's just starting to form. So knowing this always brings me back to one of the most helpful tips when it comes to parenting a small child. And I want you guys to write this down and remember this. And it goes like this. They're not giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. Let me repeat that because it's so important. They're not giving you a hard time. They are having a hard time. As much as you may not want to believe that, every time your child is pissing you off or pushing your buttons, they're not giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. And usually, the only way they know how to deal with the hard time they are experiencing is by yelling or hitting or lashing out, screaming, crying, running away, and all of the other behaviors you wish they didn't exhibit. So the next time you're feeling so angry and so upset with something your child did, always go back to the science of brain development and child development. They, there are reasons they act the way they do, and we can't expect them to behave the same way we adults would in certain situations. But through gentle parenting, you can teach them so many tools and techniques and ways to handle and cope with their emotions. And the key to doing this is by being patient and loving and understanding and, like I said earlier, cool, calm, and collected as often as you can, even mid-tantrum. Another key is to revisit the difficult situation with your toddler later on in the day once they have cooled down. And I'm going to get into this too, so you'll really have a better understanding of what I mean by that. So let's take hitting as an example. Our son can get really mad and frustrated for a number of different reasons. His block tower fell down. I poured his syrup on his waffles when he wasn't looking. His sister grabbed a toy out of his hand. Because their little brains can't process situations and emotions the way ours can, they will hit as a result. It's bound to happen. Your child is going to hit someone at some point during his or her childhood. So before gentle parenting and when our son was a tiny bit younger, something would happen like his tower would fall, he would flip out, maybe hit us, and we would put him in the timeout corner and scold him. And this resulted in him screaming, yelling, and crying, and trying to hit us even more. So imagine being a small child and having this large adult basically drag you into a corner and scold you to your face when you can't even process how you're feeling and why. And now we were never like screaming in his face or anything, but we would put him in time out. And it took us a few times to mess up like this before we realized that the way we were trying to manage his behaviors wasn't working. And to be honest, we made even more mistakes after that. Like we kept doing timeouts because we thought that's what was right. And we continue to make mistakes. Gentle parenting is not easy. We lose our cool sometimes, but now we're quickly able to get back on track afterward. So let's continue with the hitting scenario. So I can paint a picture of what gentle parenting looks like for us now that we don't do punishments and we don't do timeouts. So now our son's tower falls, maybe, and he might get mad and scream and yell and try to hit whoever's closest to him. The first thing I do now when I like 
keep myself in check and remember, you know, stay cool, calm, and collected, stay cool, calm, and collected. The first thing I do is first physically get down to his level. So we're eye to eye. I make sure I have a look of empathy on my face that shows him that I understand he's having a hard time. I make sure my voice sounds calm and cool. And I say something like the following, your tower fell and that made you so upset. It's okay to feel mad and upset when your tower falls down. It's not okay to hit people. After saying that, maybe he would continue to hit. Depending on how hard he was hitting or how much it hurt, I would either hold his hands down and say something like, your tower fell and that made you so upset. It's okay to feel mad right now, but it's not okay to hit people. I'm going to hold your hands down now so no one gets hurt. Sometimes I continue to repeat this script over and over and over until the behavior stops and until his body calms down. Now, this behavior for him stops fairly quickly since we have been practicing this for a while, but there was a time where it was really, really hard to get him to stop doing certain things. The next and probably most important thing I would do in this situation is let him cool down and let him experience his emotions on his own. And then once he's totally and completely calmed down from that situation, then I would sit with him and revisit it. So later on in the day, after even maybe a couple hours have gone by, I would say something like, remember earlier when your tower fell down? And he'll say, yeah. And I'll say, that made you feel so mad and frustrated, didn't it? And he'll say, yeah. And I'll say, it's okay to feel mad and frustrated when things like that happen, but it's not okay to hit people when you are feeling that way. What do you think you could do next time you get so mad that you feel like hitting? And he'll say, I could punch a pillow, or I could stomp my feet, or I could yell, I'm mad. And he'll list the different coping mechanisms we've talked about. And he hasn't hit us really at all in a long time. When he's having a really hard time and he decides not to hit, I'll praise him later on and I'll say, remember earlier when you got so mad that your tower fell down? I noticed that you didn't hit mom or dad and you decided to punch a pillow instead or whatever he decided to do. And I'll say, thank you for doing that. And now when he gets mad, he'll even say, see mom, I got mad and I didn't hit. And again, I'll praise him. And now this progress did not happen overnight and He does have bad days like we all do. And I don't want anyone listening to this to get the impression that this happened overnight because progress like this took, and it still takes tons and tons of practice and tons and tons of work and tons and tons of repetition and a lot of patience. It also takes a lot of mistakes and learning from your mistakes And this is where you need to be easy on yourself as a parent and tell yourself that you are trying your best every single day. Your child is not going to respond positively to gentle parenting right away. It's going to feel weird for you at first. It's going to feel weird for them. But you have to keep trying so they keep hearing you say the same things over and over again. Let's take another one of our real-life situations. Back when he used to take naps... Back when he used to take naps, there were days where he didn't want to take one, even though he desperately needed it. He would refuse to take naps, and sometimes he would even cry about it. If I threatened him at all during this time, like if I said, it's nap time, you have to take a nap, or if I like forced him to take a nap without validating his emotions, it wouldn't have ended well. 
So this is how that situation looked instead. I would set a timer for five minutes because I knew that he might resist or say he didn't want to take a nap if I was just like, okay, it's nap time. So I would set a timer for five minutes and I would say like, when this timer goes off, it's time to head up for a nap. I would let him push the start button on the timer because he was obsessed with doing that. And we would play for five more minutes until the timer went off. When it went off, I would then ask him like, which one of your toys do you want to bring up to bed? Because in this situation, I would give him some control because that was key. So he would pick a toy and when we got upstairs, I'd give him a little more control and I would say, do you want to wear your dino jammies or your Paw Patrol jammies? And he'd usually make a quick decision. Then once he was in bed, I would ask him what he wanted to do when his nap was over. And I would usually give him choices like, we can go to the park or we can play on the swing set. After he would make a choice, I would say something like, I can't wait to do that with you after your nap. Have a good sleep. I'll see you when you wake up. And sometimes he would like tuck in his little elephant that he sleeps with and he would go to sleep. And then when he woke up, I would make sure that we did the activity he said he wanted to do before he went down for his nap. If he kicked and screamed and stalled and pouted and refused to nap, which he definitely did a lot of the time, I would say something like this. It's nap time and that's making you upset because you want to keep playing. It's okay to feel upset about that. We're going up for your nap now. What would you like to do with mom when you wake up? So in these situations, I would validate his emotions and keep the boundary. Like, I know you feel this way. It's okay to feel this way, but it's nap time. No matter how he reacted, he was not getting out at nap time. One of the most difficult things about gentle parenting is allowing your child to express themselves and then listening to them express themselves, like listening to the screaming or the yelling or the crying. As a parent, you will quickly begin to realize what irks you and gets under your skin. Maybe you can't stand how loud they scream when it's time to leave the park. Maybe you can't stand the way they talk back to you. Maybe you can't stand it when they're being too hyper. There are so many triggers and each parent will react differently to certain behaviors based on what triggers the individual parent. So for example, like my husband is really triggered by the high energy and the noise when the kids get super hyper, whereas like that's not really a trigger for me. I get triggered when the emotions are huge and there's an outburst about something I think shouldn't be a big deal and like that doesn't bother my husband as much. And this is where it gets juicy and tricky, but the secret sauce lies within the next thing I'm about to say. What I have learned through gentle parenting and by recognizing my own triggers is that the reason gentle parenting is so hard is because, and even parenting in general is so hard, is because While you are trying to effectively parent your child, you are also trying to reparent yourself. What? (laughs) So let's face it, no one's parents are perfect. And you and I are not going to be perfect parents. Parents mess up all the time. And we're going to mess up a lot without even realizing it. But up until, I want to say, like the last 10 years or so, The most popular forms of parenting consisted of timeouts, punishments, and scolding kids when their emotions and behaviors seemed unacceptable. 
up until recently, the expectations of children were so high, like sit still, be polite, stop crying, stop wiggling in your seat, eat everything on your plate, do what I tell you. If you do that again, I'll wash your mouth out with soap or spank you, go to your room, be quiet. Like all of these things are so harsh on children. And because of these old school parenting styles, you might be someone who grew up in a house where your emotions feelings, and behaviors were not validated or accepted. Maybe you were scolded when you yelled or cried or acted out. Maybe your parents didn't realize that you weren't giving them, giving them a hard time. You were having a hard time. Maybe no one ever hugged you and said, it's okay to be mad. I still love you even when you're upset with me. And we can't blame our parents either. They were hopefully doing the best they could with what they had and with what they knew. But their parents might have screwed up somewhere along the way too. What our parents and their parents didn't have though was this evidence and this science and the knowledge people have now around child development and parenting styles. And now that that evidence is there, we can't ignore it. We can't ignore the fact that children deserve to have gentle parents who allow them to feel every single emotion that goes through their little bodies. They deserve to have parents who will empathize with them as often as possible, even during the craziest and toughest of tantrums. And they deserve to have parents who are going to do the internal work on themselves in order to be the best parents they can possibly be. So the next time you are feeling extremely mad or upset at your kid, or they're really getting on your nerves, take the time to do some deep soul searching in order to figure out why this specific behavior seems to get on your nerves so much. Most likely, it's a trigger for you due to a past trauma or due to a need that was never met for you as a child. You might end up finding yourself saying something like, I can't stand it when they don't sit still and eat everything on their plates. If I ever did that as a kid, I'd get slapped. This triggers you because you weren't allowed to wiggle at the dinner table. And you couldn't leave the table until every morsel was gone, which, FYI, never taught you how to effectively pay attention to your own body in order to decide whether your belly was full or not. Taking the time to understand your own triggers in order to reparent yourself will be a game changer for you when it comes to gentle parenting. Also, just know and understand that this is this shit is hard. It's the hardest thing you will ever do in your entire life. Parenting will be the hardest thing you'll ever do. But if you don't put in the work on yourself and learn how to be a gentle parent, parenting is going to be a lot harder for you. Yelling at your kids all the time and telling them to stop, don't do that, listen to me, won't get you anywhere. And it's going to cause more frustration in the long run. And this is also so important to realize At first, gentle parenting might make you feel like a softie or a wuss or a pushover, or it might make you feel like you're making your kids soft in a hard world and that they won't be prepared for how harsh the world could be. But gentle parenting does the exact opposite. It teaches them how to exist in this world in the healthiest way possible. It teaches them how to know and understand themselves and their own emotions. 
It also teaches them things like love, respect, patience, empathy, and so much more. It teaches them also how to not take it personally when the world or the people around them are having big, difficult emotions or like really hard days. So trust me when I say gentle parenting works. And when it starts to work, it's like magic. But again, the results won't happen overnight. It takes research, practice, and so much patience. Once this style of parenting has become a habit for you and your spouse, because you both need to be on the same page with this, your child is going to understand what the rules are now. Of course, they're still going to be kids and they're still going to have big emotions and undesirable behaviors, but they'll get easier to manage. Like tantrums won't last as long and you'll start to feel more confident in your role as a mother, father, or guardian. Let's go over one more real life example before I wrap this up and leave you with the best advice I can give you. Let's take a look at the end of the day for us. I don't care who you are or who who your kids are. The end of the day is so hard. Kids are overtired, overstimulated, hungry, bored, they want attention, they're feeling super hyper, and they can't regulate their emotions as effectively as they can during the day. The end of the day for us is when we have to try our hardest at gentle parenting because my husband and I are tired or we've lost all our patience and we're just basically ready for the day to quiet down and come to an end. So here's the scene. We come in from playing at the end of the day, we're outside, and my son is wired. He's overtired and hungry, and he can't communicate that to me in the most effective way because most of the time, he's not even aware that he's feeling that way. He just probably feels out of control in his body. So what I see is a hyperactive kid who's running around the downstairs, grabbing stuff off the counters, trying to get attention, and he's also super moody because he's starting to get hangry. In the past... I would say like, stop acting like this. You're being way too hyper right now. You need to calm down. And of course, that didn't help whatsoever. If anything, it was giving him the attention he was looking for. When they want attention, they don't care if it's negative attention or positive attention. Any attention is good in their eyes. So I would get angry and impatient and I would get short with him. And sometimes I would even try to ignore the behavior And I also quickly learned that ignoring the behaviors can be just as harmful as yelling. So now this is what the end of the day might look for us, look like for us. And again, like I'm not always the best at staying cool, calm, and collected, but I've certainly come a long, 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 long way. So now it will sort of look like this on really good days. I'll say like, It's the end of the day and you're feeling tired and hungry. It's okay to be hyper and have a lot of energy. It's not okay to grab stuff off the countertops and run around the house kind of being a little destructive. You can either play with your kinetic sand or read some books. You get to pick. And most of the time he'll make a decision and the times he says he doesn't want to do either thing, then I'll ask him like, well, what would you rather do instead? If he doesn't pick something, I go back to the two options I offered him and I say, those are your two options right now. Once he makes a decision, I'll set him up with his activity and I'll say, thank you for choosing an activity. I'm going to go cook dinner now and I can't wait to play with you again when we're done eating. Then later on when I'm putting him to bed, I'll revisit it. So again, like once he's calmed down and a couple hours have gone by, I revisit the difficult time we had and I'll say, 
Remember earlier when we came in from outside and you were feeling super hyper? And he'll say, yeah. Then I'll say, let's talk about some things you could do next time you're feeling that way. It's important to pay attention to your body and how it feels. So if you're feeling hungry, you can ask mom for something to eat. Or if you're feeling bored or you want attention, you can say, you know, mom, I need attention right now. I also say to him too, like, you can also just stop and take a big deep breath until you start to feel calm again, because we do practice a lot of like breathing exercises and paying attention to your body and your mind and how it feels and all of that stuff and different ways to calm down and feel better when you're feeling like out of control and hyper. So before I leave you, let me review some of the key takeaways that have helped us tremendously. And then I'll direct you guys to resources that have also been a game changer for us. Number one, the way they are acting and behaving is most likely developmentally appropriate. There's nothing wrong with your child. You're going to feel like there's something wrong with your kid, especially when they're having tantrums or, you know, they seem sort of out of control. But remember that they're most likely normal and everything's okay and the way they're acting is developmentally appropriate. Obviously, if you have concerns, you can talk to your doctor and see specialists, but try to remember that most of the things they're doing, it's pretty normal for their age. Number two, yelling at them and threatening them is not effective and will only cause harm in the long run. Number three, validate their feelings and accept their feelings and emotions, but put up strong barriers when it comes to their behaviors. Like how you feel is okay, how you're behaving is not okay. Number four, stay cool, calm, and collected as often as you can. Number five, be consistent. Number six, be on the same page with your spouse and parent together in this way. Number seven, give your child options and control. Number eight, teaching moments should not occur mid-tantrum. They should always occur later on when your child has calmed down. Number nine, praise them for their good behavior and for their efforts. Don't ever forget to thank them and praise them and let them know that you've noticed the effort they're putting in during the day. And last but not least, number 10, you are going to make so many mistakes, but be sure to learn from each one and promise yourself you'll do better next time. Some of the most helpful resources and tools for us on this journey have been Big Little Feelings. They are amazing. You can find them on Instagram. They have a gentle parenting course that you can take. It's $100, which is which is way cheaper than like most of the courses out there. That's been absolutely huge for us. Their Instagram is so helpful with tips and resources. And then just other gentle parenting accounts on Instagram. Um, TikTok has lots of gentle parenting videos and accounts right now that are extremely helpful. Just people sharing their experiences, um, child psychologists on there, and just people who study behaviors are on there just talking about all of this stuff. It's so helpful to see other people on this journey and to hear their experiences. All you need to do is make the commitment to better yourself and your parenting style while being easy on yourself and loving your child unconditionally. I know it's all easier said than done, but putting in the work both internally and with your child when it comes to gentle parenting will change your life. 
Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far to the end of the episode, please leave me a rating and a review and also pass this episode along to your family and friends. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. The information is linked below in the description and I'll see you guys next week.